So do you ever wonder if the laws of attraction actually work? If you do or you've not ever heard of it or maybe you're thinking it's a bunch of hooey, I've kind of character <laughs> in who happened to live uh, a couple hundred years ago who turns out to be a pretty good example of what happens if you believe you can do something and not even really have the skills or the knowledge to back it up and that something still comes back at you. So we're going to be talking about that and talking about Mr. Timothy Dexter and the Laws of Attraction in episode number 95 of The Relaxed Male. Hello and welcome to Relaxed Male, a podcast that helps men change their relationship with themselves. I am your host, Brian, and I am a men's life and mindset coach who is here to help you understand that you don't have to suffer at your own expense. You can live your dream, and I encourage you to set, then pursue your goals. So join me as I change the mindset and attitudes of men so that they can be the leaders of their families and their destinies. Hey man, hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail. This is the show that helps men to find what their purpose is, find their, their destinations and give them the courage and the insight on how to actually pursue that. Get rid of the, the, the garbage that we're wasting our life on and actually grab a hold of our, of our God giving skills, abilities, and talents, and to actually make those our own and start living our life on our, our on our own terms. And if I could talk correctly, um, if this is your first time listening, I appreciate you taking the time to actually come on in and listen. Uh, we're going to be talking about laws of attractions today. And yeah, okay. It may be a little woo-woo when you hear about that, but bear with me. I think this is, I've found a really neat example. I stumbled across a character that, uh, in life who is, and he really is. He's the weirdest dude I've, I've come across, but he's, he's interesting and he really does show a lot of points when it comes to what the laws of, how the laws of attractions actually, actually work. So let's go ahead. Let's get ourselves jumped in there. Um, most people have heard of laws of attraction. Maybe some have maybe read, like, I think it's the shack. Um, maybe even come across a couple of Abraham Hicks books. Um, but what the laws of attraction are is uh, as a whole is basically the, your ability, your thoughts being able to manifest your results. Now, yeah, there's a lot more into it in between there, but to, when you boil it down to the mere essence, that's what it is. You think of what's going to happen and it does happen. You ever had those times where you've had like a great, uh, a big, uh, sales meeting coming up and you're just, you know, you've got to be there that, you know, the guy that you're going to be selling to, he hates one of his biggest pet peeves, peeves is when somebody is late and you just, you feel it deep down, you know, you're thinking, Oh God, I'm going to be so late. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And so you go to bed, you made sure you go to bed, you know, two hours early. So you get up in enough time to make sure that you're showered and shaved and looking presentable and looking top notch. But yet you still know something's going to happen. You're going to be freaking late. He, this dude hates you to be, hates for people to be late, but you, you, you're, you've got to do what you can to, to not get late. And so you get out the door five minutes before you're actually, you normally leave, you know, you've got it this nailed down or you believe you got it kind of nailed down. Maybe things are going to work out right. And you walk outside. Oh, 
you got a flat tire. So, oh my God. So you go out and you get everything, uh, um, get that tire changed out and you, all right, fine, set in, go to turn the key. The battery's dead. Oh, good God. Really? Get it. So you find, you hunt around, you maybe you've got a portable uh, jumper so you can hook everything up and you get the car started and you take off. And as you're going down the road, you kind of, you're in the middle of a in, uh, traffic jam and it seems like the universe is just throwing everything to make sure that you're late to this. Well, that's the laws of attraction. Some people would argue that that's the laws of attraction that actually are in, in play because you knew you were going to be late. You believed with everything that you thought you had those thoughts. I am going to be late. I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. And so because of that, the universe has manifested you being late while other people, they can look at it and they go, you know what? <laughs> I've got this all under control. This is going to be handled. And no matter what they do, things seem to always turn up sunny for them. That's who, what kind of happens with the, the main guy of our, of our story today. And this guy's name is Timothy Dexter. He actually was born back in like 1747 or something like that. He way uh, a long while back. And, uh, he, yeah, 1747. And he, he's interesting on, on this, but I wanted to, uh, before we actually dive into, oh, Timothy again, where did the whole laws of attraction thing come from? Well, it's, it's been around for a really long time. It's been, you know, centuries, even millennia old that people have those thoughts of, if you believe in this, it's going to happen. And, it really came, the term laws of attraction really came to popular, popularity with Abraham Hicks. And Abraham Hicks, if you don't know who he is, it's a little, okay, it's a little woo-woo, it's a little bizarre, a little wonky. But anyhow, there is a couple, I think the man's name is Bill, and uh, the wife's name is Esther. And Esther channels <laughs> Abraham, the consciousness of the universe, essentially, through her and speaks to her. But for whatever reason, Abraham has a kind of Eastern European Romanian accent. So it's good evening and the dead and that type of, you know, that is a really cheesy accent, but I'm very bad in, in any type of, of, uh, <laughs> of type of, uh, of accent. I, do accents poorly in, in the best forms. But if you can, if you ever listen to the tapes, it is a little off putting to hear her, you know, all, you'll hear her talk. She'll be talking normally and she's okay. Well, let's channel, uh, uh, Abraham now and you'll hear her breathe and then good morning. And it's just like, Oh my gosh. All right. Well, this, this sounds fake already in it. And whether it is or isn't, I can't, prove that but you know still at the same time it's just it sounds so hokey that you takes a little bit for you to really get yourself into just listening to what the what they're saying and what they're trying to tell you and to, to understand what the laws of attraction are and the laws of attraction are i mean they're along the lines of what i uh, what i believe when it comes to Wanting to get stuff done. If you're sitting there saying you can't do things, well, you're not going to be able to do things. But if you can do a program your mind so that you actually think that you're going to, if you can, like if, uh, a lot of people who can wake up on their own, 
they say, all right, well, I need to wake up at, uh, at 545 in the morning. And a lot of times you'll pay attention if you, uh, you'll see that you'll wake up at 540 in the morning. If you can program yourself and you know, and you put that, that programming in your head, you don't need the alarm. You can actually get up on your own. Now I have a, I I'll always have a thought of, well, I'm going to sleep on sleep late anyhow. And I don't get, I have yet to get rid of that, that line of thinking. So I always make sure I set my alarm anyhow. And it more times than not, I wake up a few minutes before my, uh, before my alarm goes off that, you know, that whole programming part is a way of, of setting yourself up so for success. If you are doing something where you believe, Hey, I can get, um, I can make a hundred thousand dollars a month, uh, in coaching. Well, you're going to start, whether you pay attention to it or not, if you lay that out there and you start firmly believing it, your brain will actually take that information and start applying it and will look for signs and tips and places where it can actually proceed on doing those tracks. This is how I actually perceive the laws of attraction. It's not, I don't think it's as much. I mean, there's a little bit of ethereal beliefs. If you're, if you believe in God, um, then yeah, God's going to come in and he's going to help you. He sees that you're working at getting towards the, towards your goal. And so he's going to come in and lay stuff up so that it happens. That happened, that in my line of thinking is, is plausible because I do believe in God. While some people, they don't believe in God. They believe it's the universe as a, as a whole that is actually laying stuff out. So whether it's the universe or God, however you want to look at it, you know, it, it's that the fact that you are actually applying yourself and you're, you're have programmed your brain so that you can actually Take the steps needed so that you can get that hundred thousand dollars a month in in whatever endeavor you're doing. You're more likely to get it than if you're sitting there going, "Oh, I'd like that, but it, it, I'm not the type of person. I can't do that. That's that's just too big. I would never be able to make that. And if I did, I would hate myself because if you tell yourself all the reasons why you can't do it, well, your brain's going to go, "Okay, well then you can't do this. So we're going to make sure you never, no matter how hard you try, you're not going to get this." That is essentially is the laws of attraction. It's a lot of visualizations, a lot of affirmations, and you make sure that you believe. If it fails, well, there's probably something in there that you actually were telling yourself uh, as a reason why you couldn't do that. Is uh, is a lot of what Abraham Hicks actually talks about whenever they're uh, whenever they say talk about why the affirmations and the visualizations don't work. And it's like, well, probably because you had a thought in there mixed in there that was canceling everything else out, that you believe in more than what you were wanting to accomplish. Now let's roll all that that we now know on there in there over to 1747, when a little boy was born to a poor farming family. And this little boy was named Timothy Dexter. Now, Timothy Dexter was apparently a bit of a uh, interesting kid. Uh, He decided he had all the school that he needed at uh, at second grade, and so he dropped out. Uh, And so he's only got to second grade education. So he doesn't know much. And you'll find out later on, his spelling is absolutely horrendous. He spells phonetically. And um, yet still, somehow along the way, he became an incredibly wealthy man. 
and all because he wanted to become rich. That was one of his main goals that he had stated before, uh, stated later on. And it's he's a bit um, forced gumpish because he, you know, he doesn't see that there's anything in his way. He's so he's got such a line of innocence about him that as he goes through and tries to do stuff, he's, you know, he, oh, all right, well, we're, I can do this. I don't see why I couldn't do this. And, and he does it and he doesn't have the, the blocking thoughts, the, the negatives of let's try this. So if we started off, uh, leaving his, uh, the farming, uh, agrarian, uh, lifestyle of his parents and became an apprentice for uh, a tanner. And from there, he had a little bit of success. All of a sudden, he was making more money than he was while being a, a farm laborer for the family farm. But he, that wasn't what he was wanting. He knew he wanted to make more money. Um, and lo and behold, he came across this, uh, this well, very wealthy widow by the name of Elizabeth Frothingham. Such a wonderful name in that. <laughs> Elizabeth Frothingham, so she's the the woman of, of foamy ham, and married her, and boom, overnight he became rich. Now it wasn't wildly rich, but he was rich, and but he started to act like he was wealthy, or how he believed wealthy people should act. And this is one of the things when it comes to laws of attraction that you do, how you visualize. What does it look like when you uh, have achieved your goal? What does it look like? What does it smell like? Visualize every little teeny tiny detail you could do, which obviously Timothy Dexter did because he became, he became what he deemed as rich. And once he became rich, he bought a mansion in New, uh, Newburyport, Massachusetts. And, uh, he immediately started to annoy all the old money people that, uh, were in that area. And, uh, he walked around and acted like he was, you know, something. I think he even dubbed himself Lord and, and he was, but yet he still wanted to be a bit richer. He wanted to be closer to the, to the, he had his idols that were a lot more wealthy than what he was. Um, but yet he had, was making even annoying people because of how he acted and, and stuff. And so they wanted to try to knock him down a peg. So what they, what did they do? They actually were told, uh, uh, Timothy that, Hey, there, the Continental Congress has actually decided they're going to fund the Revolutionary War. This is right at a time during the Revolutionary War, obviously. And, um, they, the way they were paying their, uh, their troops was with the continental dollar, or I believe it was called the continental dollar because they said there was nothing uh, more worthless than the continental. But they made the uh, continental Congress made the promise that they would pay that dollar or pay that money back. They would back it with once they won the war with by paying one percent of what the face value is. Doesn't sound like much, but you know. People were selling the dollar for even for less than what it was worth. And Timothy, like, ah, sure, yeah, let's and took the recommendations of his quote unquote friends and started buying up as much of this continental do- uh, continental money as he possibly could. And he spent a whole lot of money. But once he 
he got as much as he could he could amass together. He held on to it until the uh, the United States won its independence from England, and then I think it was uh, Thomas Jefferson or one of the founding fathers. Anyhow, they argued that hey, we've got to pay this back. We promised our troops that we we're going to pay them back this amount. And when they finally got it passed through, pushed through, they were going to pay 1% of this as they promised. All of a sudden, you know, Timothy may have had, you know, $2 million of that, uh, or more of that, of that Continental Congress money, but he made money off of that arbitrage. And so the, he all of a sudden had the thought and even more belief that, hey, I know how to make good deals here. And because of that, he went off and he bought uh, a couple of ships with the, with the windfall that he made and um, was listening to his friends talk. And they convinced him, like, Hey, you know what really makes him uh, make you a lot of money, man, is if you buy up, get a whole bunch of these bed warmers. Now, if you don't know what a bed warmer is, it's just as it sounds. It's a, it's something that's used to warm the bed because back in the uh, 1700s, there wasn't much electricity running around. Central heat and air wasn't quite invented yet. So in the wintertime, it, you know, the house would get pretty darn cold. The bed would be pretty darn cold. So what you would do is you'd go to the fireplace and you'd open up the bed warmer and you'd take some coals and throw the coals inside of the bed, uh, bed warmer, close it up, slide it between the sheets and let it heat your bed up before you crawl into bed. That way you're not sliding into icy sheets, which is really interesting uh, experience if you ever happen to do that. But Timothy saw, listened to what his, his uh, not-so-good friends were telling him and believing that, hey, they're right. They can actually, I can actually make money with this. He took all these bed warmers and sent them off to into the Caribbean area and turned around and sold them. To the much to the demise. And now how he actually ended up selling them was the captain, uh, when he showed up, the people there realized, didn't know what these bed warmers were. And so because the, uh, innocence of thinking outside the box and going, Oh, I don't know what the heck this is. I don't know why it's got a, uh, got a hinge there. They looked at it and realized, Hey, this would do a really good job of being a ladle for molasses. And so they sold out. <laughs> Guy, the captain of the ship, of a ship came back into port and was like, "Here's all your money. We sold them. Uh, we sold out." And Timothy's like, "All right," and listened to his friends again. It's like his friends were like, oh, "Okay, well, we would have never thought of that. Let's try something. I know they're never going to need." And he talked. They talked uh, Timothy into actually selling, going off and buying a whole bunch of woolen mittens and sending them down to the Caribbean. And so Sam, Timothy was being. Uh, simple minded as he is, not dumb, just, you know, simple. He didn't have the, uh, didn't have a, much of an education and believed that he could actually sell these. Turned right around and was like, all right, bought up a whole bunch of woolen mittens, sent them down there. And again, the captain came back with the tale that, uh, he happened to just catch a, uh, an expedition that's fixing to take off to Siberia. And so he sold his whole cargo of woolen mittens to these guys going up to Siberia just out of purity luck. I mean, you see how things kind of start lining up. It's like, all right, well, 
he believes he can sell these. Well, by God, he was even able to sell woolen mittens in the Caribbean, in the tropics of all places. I mean, holy smokes, how does that happen? Well, that's I believe that's probably laws of attraction in effect right there. And so he got even more wealthy because of that. He also went off and uh, sold um, sold books in uh, the Far East because there just so happened to be a group of missionaries that needed some more Bibles. And so he sent a, a load of Bibles over to the, uh, to the East Indies and these missionaries just happened to be in the right place at the right time. A lot of luck happening right there, you know, quote unquote luck. And so he was able to sell that and make lots of money. He even went off and bought, uh, rounded up all the stray cats that were in Newburyport and sent them down to uh, the Caribbean thinking, you know, no one's going to want a whole bunch of stray cats. Well, lo and behold, what happened is he sent, uh, when he sent those cat cats down there, they were, the Caribbean was in the middle of a, um, of a rat infestation. And they were like, dude, these cats are amazing. They'll, they'll catch, they'll take care of those rats. And sure enough, they, they helped get rid of the cats and he sold stray cats to people down in the Caribbean. And so these, his, his friends, the, his adversaries who were really not enjoying his income, uh, his, his wealth, they kept trying to think, all right, so what else can we do? What else can we do? I know let's, uh, send, talk him into selling, uh, selling coal to, uh, the biggest coaling, coal producer in England to the main town where all the, the biggest coal deposit in England was at. I think it's Farthingham. I believe I'm not hundred percent. I didn't write the name of the Anyhow. So he loaded up, you know, his two ships packed full of coal and went to England. Well, sure enough, right before they arrived, what happened? The, the coal workers went on strike. So he was able to sell his coal at a premium. In the place where you weren't supposed to be, you know, there was enough coal that the only place you could get coal in, in England was from this area. And it was, you know, things again, the, everything just lined up just right. Um, he also is, he also just had these, these little one-offs again and again and again and again and again and again and again. He was known to, uh, he also was told by his, you know, quote unquote friends that, you know what, you need to collect all the whale bone that you can find, buy it up and hold on to it. Cause a little bit later, people are going to really want it. Thinking that all this whale bone had become really, um, devalued. There's no value to it at all. And so they were thought, you know, he's got this, he's got this big old basement and he's got it packed full of, of whalebone thinking that, you know, all right, we've got him ruined for sure. He just spent, you know, maybe half of his uh, fortune on this, on this, uh, on all this extra whalebone, which was completely worthless and is losing value by the day. Well, lo and behold, after he got his, uh, his basement packed full of, of whalebone, the fashion industry in, in France was like men, men wear corsets now. And to make corsets, you need whalebone for the, uh, to hold everything, you know, hold your guts and all in place and to really shrink your waist. So 
where do we get all this whalebone? Hey, look, look, you got Timothy Dexter over here. He's got a whole whopping basement full of it. And so Timothy sent it off there and again, made a crap ton of money off of it. He kept getting richer and richer, no matter what everybody was pulling, doing. Now, Timothy was, uh, a bit on the on the weird side. I mean, somewhere along the way, he uh, he built, went off and bought uh, some property in the middle of the richest area of Newportberry or Newburyport. <laughs> and he, what did he do? He built the most ostentatious, over the top, gaudy looking uh, mansion that you could you could ever think of. I mean, it's supposed to have like the the cornets and the and all these other things and then he also decorated his his front yard with 40 wooden statues of people he believed to be important uh, through throughout history he had george washington misspelled with a j he had uh he had uh thomas jefferson except when uh, the uh, the artist went through and hammered out um actually no george washington he actually Always got confused with, um, oh, what was the guy's name? Something, it's Pitt. Um, William Pitt. He always, for whatever reason, he could never keep the two straight. And so whenever the artist got finished carving everything up and had wrote down at the bottom, George Washington, Dexter comes by and goes, that's not George Washington. That's, that's William Pitt, man. Put, put Pitt down there. And so got a misnamed statue of George Washington, uh, Thomas Jefferson, uh, his inscription on at the bottom of his statue said that he was the uh, the author of the Declaration of Independence, which is true. But Dexter was like, no, no, he didn't do that. It was he was the author of the Constitution of America, and so the guy actually had to go through and change it to meet his uh, his whim. So he had all these giant wooden statues. I think there's like two or three that are still existing today, but most of them have weathered away and, and crumbled. But, um, <laughs> and the, uh, he even had one of himself and that the inscription on it was, I am the first in the East and the first in the West and the greatest philosopher in the Western world. Yeah. Okay. What does that mean? We have no idea. But again, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's Timothy Dexter. You don't really fully understand what is going through his head. But at the same time, you see how he got, uh, so, so wealthy strictly on the fact that of how he was believing that he could become wealthy, that he was a great businessman and didn't believe that he was doing anything wrong and that there was nothing that was, was in his way to block him. Um, he even went as far as writing a, writing some books. The first one was, it was called, and no one understands why it's called this, but it's called the pick, uh, a pickle for the knowing one. And in it is all phonetically spelled, or most of the words are phonetically spelled out. So United States of America is, or, uh, U of United States is Y O U N I T E D, United States of, uh, of America. <laughs> and there's no punctuation in the whole thing. And people bought this book up, just thought it was just the greatest joke known to man. People would actually thought they, they thought it was a foreign language for a while. And they were trying to figure out, well, what in the hell is this dude actually trying to say? And uh, they got linguists and everything over. And they're like, this it's a dude who can't spell. It's a dude because it, it, he'd only had a second grade education. So he, 
he didn't know what, whether he's right. And he wrote all this and it was all mis, uh, just full of misspellings. There's capital letters where, you know, capital letters really don't need to be and not an ounce of punctuation. <laughs> and so this, he, but he, again, it's something that you know, not supposed to be, you know, it's not going to work. That's not going to happen. No one's going to buy this. 25 page essay for uh, called a pickle for the knowing one, not knowing what a pickle for the knowing one even means and struggling to even be able to read what this, what this is and not having an ounce of punctuation. It should be an abject failure, but yet because of the laws of attraction and that Timothy Dexter believed he could do it, he sold and he sold his, that book and it became a bestseller. Now he did do, go through, uh, and do a, a second edition of his book. And, um, because he heard people talking about how, you know, there's no punctuation in this thing. He actually did like 11 lines of just random periods, question marks, exclamation points, quotation marks, asterisks, uh, uh, just a bunch of punctuation in on uh, 11 lines of punctuation in there with the instructions to the printer to, uh, to pepper and salt these. As one sees fit, as he sees fit. So, and so he just was like, he just put it in the back of the book and, and reprinted it. And again, people thought it was absolute gas because there's all just nothing but punctuations at the end. You want to, you want punctuation? Dude, I'll get you punctuation. Here's, here's your punctuation. You just use those, those periods and exclamation points where you want to. And again, it's sold. So telling yourself that you can't do something because you are too dumb. Well, Timothy Dexter proves that that's not the case. You can actually do something. You can do whatever you set your mind to. If you believe that you have that ability to do something, you can be, you don't have to be annoying like Timothy Dexter. You don't have to build this giant, ostentatious, ugly, trashy, uh, uh, mansion when you want to, but you have to be able to believe in yourself. You have to be able to envision what you want. And that's where the laws of attraction actually does help. Yeah, it sounds far out. It sounds way too dang woo-woo for today's society, but yet it applies itself every single time. If you think you're going to be late or you have a bad feeling, I, the latest time I actually, uh, I think the last time I really had uh, something bad happen was I was driving down the road and I was like, going, oh man, I, I hate to think this car is going to break down here real soon. And it was on our old Jeep. And sure enough, within a couple of weeks of there, guess what? The engine, you know, took a dump and had to buy a new car. Not, didn't want to, but, you know, I had just had this thought that I didn't correct and balance out with a, with a more positive. No, this thing's going to be running for another hundred thousand miles. I just, you know, I let that thought out into the universe and just, just let it set. And sure enough, it, germ, it germinated, manifested itself as a, as a, uh, a jeep being dead now there's things that uh, where i manifest in the positive too but again it you have to be able to believe what you're wanting you have to be able to visualize what it is do you want a new car what does that car look like what color is it what type of tires does it have on there is it a is it a manual or is it a standard or a manual or, or an automatic you know what you know all the details that you want in that new car, you can find 
if you believe in it and you pursue that, that dream, you're going to have that dream. So as you go through to this week, why don't you, I would encourage you to go through and decide if you're tired of, of being, you know, having a, a life that is very unfulfilling, then dude, start making thoughts and producing thoughts of what it is that you would like to actually have your life look like. Start chain, making this, taking the steps to change it. You have to take action. Yes. But just, and, and that's what Timothy uh, Dexter would do. He made plans. He knew he was going to be rich. So he took action to become rich. You can do the same thing. If you want to have your own business and you got to start looking at what it is that business is going to be. How is it going to work and make all those plans, all those thoughts and visualize what's your first uh, store going to look like? Is it going or what's your store with the end product of your store going to look like? What is that going? To, how are you going to behave? How are you going to act when you are at that, that particular level? When you make it to there, what do you look like? How does it, how does every, all the, all the little bits uh, that you can think of, how do they all mesh together? How do they become, uh, part of that that result and in doing so you're going to get a lot closer to that and you're going to have a lot better chance of actually making it to that and you may even see the precise thing that you're dreaming of manifest itself in front of you so with that guys i want to go ahead and i'll let you go i want to thank you again for listening if you are an apple podcast listener you can go to relaxmail.com forward slash apple and there you can actually leave a rating review if you are not on android or something you can actually go to uh, relaxmail.com forward slash google and that'll take you to google uh, podcast if you were wanting to subscribe go to relaxmail.com forward slash subscribe and there i've got a list of different uh, of all the different platforms that i can think of including the the fountain uh podcast app this app i'm i'm beginning to really like it's actually a value for value uh podcast app so there's connecting up with uh the lightning wallet and so that you can actually start you know sending santoshis and things like that uh to people as you listen it's uh it's really cool kind of it's uh all tied in with the podcasting 2.0 if you're not uh familiar with that definitely go over to podcastindex.org and learn about what is coming if you're interested in the in the nuts and bolts of podcasting it's it's really interesting if you're just use podcasting just to listen to gain knowledge um as a lot of people do yeah okay it's but it's there's new little features that are going to be coming available through the different uh, podcasting apps. And some of them are where you can actually, if you find value in there, you can actually send me a couple, couple dollars as a means of thank you just through the, uh, through the app itself. A lot of really cool things that are coming about uh, because of that. And all the hard work that Adam Curry, yeah, the old uh, MTV uh, VJ, uh, his work on in podcasting being the pod father that he is, is actually uh, what he's doing. So, little off topic on there just really excited about all that but if you go to relaxmail.com forward slash uh subscribe you can find overcast undercast castro all the different as many of the ones that i can find that have their own uh directory of, uh, available you can actually follow that link and it will actually in uh bring you up to where you can subscribe in your in the app of choice 
or you can, if you're a Spotify follower, you can uh, subscribe through uh, and uh, or follow on uh, Spotify. If you're on Apple, hit uh, hit that follow uh, or follow and then subscribe where you like or want on what platform you like. So, guys, with that, thank you again for listening. We'll talk to y'all next week. Until then, 